My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, it's Britt here today. Super excited for the interview ahead of us. The guest I'm bringing on, Adam Baru. He is a CEO of Suitcentric. He's also the CEO of Podtask and EIQ Media Group. With that being said, he's also the founder and host of the Change Podcast. And you guys, I know I gave a brief introduction. However, I'm going to let Adam go ahead and fill in the gaps. Welcome to the show, Adam. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day. How's it going? You got it, Brittany. Yeah, it's it's going well. Um, you know, here we are, March first. The year is just going by very quickly. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to getting out of this wintry weather we're having here in Southern California. And I know that you know you're up in Canada, so you're probably like, what do you have to worry about in Southern California? <laughs> it's been you know, relatively speaking, pretty cold and very rainy this this winter. And obviously, you know, everybody's always going to say we need to we need the water here. So, um, it's fine. It's a good thing. We need the water, but I'm ready to move on to spring. I feel it coming. The flowers are blooming here. So everything is, is on the up and up. Amazing. And no, I totally get having that rainy season winter. Uh, when I lived in Costa Rica three years, I was not a fan of rain season. So although I'm in Canada right now, I still understand <laughs> your situation during winter. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, so I know I kept it pretty brief, the introduction, Adam, but you know, if you don't mind, I think this is a perfect time to go ahead and take us back through your journey as to how did you get to where you are today? and uh, fill in those gaps for us. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, I mean, just like, you know, in, in the brief intro that you gave, um, I mean, I, it, it should convey to your audience, I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur. I kind of have a problem saying no to things, which I'm learning to, I'm working on. It's a work in progress. I just, I'm an entrepreneur. I like building stuff. I like working with teams of people that get excited about projects and vision and, you know, some, you know, people will come to me. I mean, I, I get a lot of people that will come to me and seeking advice and, and, you know, cause they know what I do and I get excited about their project. So, I mean, that's probably the place to start, you know, just with those two words, serial entrepreneur, right? That's where I'm at today. I enjoy it. It can absolutely be challenging. I mean, just running one company is challenging enough trying to stay on top of running three. It's insane. I don't know why I'm doing it, but I am doing it and I'm, I'm finding a way to have fun with it. But I also have four kids. I have two adult children. And so they're easy. They don't really consume a whole lot of my energy, but then I have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. And, uh, so I don't really ever get to have a lot of sleep or really any sleep. Um, and I'll share with you that my, this little guy back here, who's the cutest little guy in the world, did roll in at 5.45 in the morning today and pretty much was like, all right, I'm ready to go. You ready to go, dad? Because I'm ready to go. So so we were ready to go. Um, so I, <laughs> I probably average, yeah, I, was pro I probably average like five to six hours a night. I'm not saying that as a, as like a badge of honor or anything. I think it's stupid to be honest and I don't like it. 
Um, but sometimes I get caught up with stuff. I have to leave work early often to get a kid from daycare. And then right. I have to, you know, just given how busy I am, I have to make up for it at night. So often I am, you know, putting the kids to bed and, and kissing my wife goodnight and back at it until about midnight. So anyway, how did I get here? That's the interesting um, part of the story. And, uh, you know, the one that I'm really, you know, happy to share because I think there's some, you know, trauma in there that I've learned to overcome, you know, and how I, how I work to heal that there's, um, you know, nervous system stuff, anxiety stuff. So really br briefly, cause I know we don't have a whole lot of time here on the podcast today, but you know, you know, considering how I got to becoming a serial entrepreneur, I think the journey of it wasn't all that pretty and it wasn't all that great. And I, I will start by saying, I think a lot of how I ended up being an entrepreneur in general, but like a serial entrepreneur is, you know, part of the not, you know, having a hard time saying no to things. That's one thing. <clears throat> um, but also just, you know, tr probably trying to prove something to myself <clears throat> because, uh, you know, sweet centric. So you mentioned that's, that's really kind of the core business that I run. I've been running that company for a little over six years. We're a NetSuite solution provider. NetSuite is an online ERP subscription service that you know people sign up for, year contract, three-year contract, whatever. And it's the it's basically a software package that allows medium and enterprise level type companies to really run their, their entire operations from order management, inventory management, so on and so forth. So I won't get into more about what it is, but that's really where my career has been built over the last 17 years. I've been working in this NetSuite space and then formed my own company six years ago. Um, in the first several years of running Suite Centric, you know, one thing that I always had a challenge with was what, what is now labeled as imposter syndrome. I didn't know it at the time, but I don't traditionally have. You know, I'm like a software developer. I, I did wedding photography for 10 years. My college degree is in environmental studies. I was a national park ranger for a period of time in college. So I don't really have this traditional business background. And I kind of just had this notion that, you know, in the NetSuite space, you know, that I had to just really kind of be somebody else. I had to I had this expectation that clients expected me to have all the answers and know everything. And now I know that not to be the case. Like you should never feel that, you know, people are looking at you because they expect you to have all the answers. They just expect you to be able to problem solve and support them. Right. But anyway, so I started to, uh, you know, well, I guess the way I'll describe it is I really had a lot of just internal conflict around this imposter syndrome for the first few years of running the company. Just before, I, probably about six months before the pandemic first hit. So this would have been starting around the fall or so of 2019, maybe, maybe in the summer of 2019. I started developing some really severe anxiety attacks, which I had never had ever in my entire life. And I mean, they were progressively getting worse and worse, like debilitating. I couldn't, I couldn't go to sleep at night without getting one. Like if I didn't fall asleep within a minute of laying down, like I'd 
start to freak out. Like, am I going to be able to sleep tonight? Like, cause sleep is, is a big thing that I've been sacrificing forever. Again, right. not a badge of honor. And I don't recommend that sleep is vital for mental health. Um, anyway, like, I think what was precipitating it is, you know, just again, at that time I was only running sweet centric, but I had, I was under a lot of stress. I mean, just the roller coaster ride of running a company with at that time, about 20, 25 or so employees, you know, we're professional services companies. So it's a roller coaster ride. It's like rev when you have projects, revenues are great. Everything's great. Projects ramp up. If you don't have another one lined up right away, I mean, then you go into this trough and right. it's, you're up and you're down and holy moly, like over time, that's, that, that's going to just destroy your nervous system. Right. Mm-hmm. The other part of it is, um, I had a newborn baby at that time. And then also, you know, my daughter who was, who's now seven was, I guess, four at that time and the stress of that and, and the lack of sleep right. I was getting, I mean, I was probably working about 70 to 80 hours a week. I was probably sleeping about three to four hours a night. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hits and holy like crap, like I don't want to lay my, anybody off from my team. Like, are we going to even be a company? Like, what does the world look like? I mean, just all of that trauma that we all globally experienced, the uncertainty, the loss of jobs, the sickness, the death, the change of our routine, the not being able to go anywhere. I mean, I could go on and on, like not being able to take my kids to a playground because the playgrounds are closed. I mean, all of the support systems that we all had gone, right? So the panic attacks are getting absolutely worse and worse. Um, and I, I, I was really struggling to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, it, it, am I going to find a way out of this? Where, what's going to happen here? This is not sustainable. And to describe these panic attacks a little bit more, these were like claustrophobic panic attacks, like claustrophobia. Like I couldn't be in a room that didn't have windows. I couldn't go to a movie theater, you know, and, and not sit in the aisle seat, like flying on an airplane. Like I had to be in an aisle seat, like all that stuff, which I continue to kind of deal with today. Although for the most part, you know, I'm, I'm way ahead of, of managing this now than I was then, but long story short, after, you know, a year of dealing with the pandemic and all this stuff and the anxiety attacks and the lack of sleep and all this stuff, now it's March of 2021. I I had finally a notion like I have to actually do something to get ahead of this. Like I can't right. invest all of my time and energy into this business and trying to keep this company afloat. I have to take care of me. That's something I have never done. I've always been, and this is all part of the story, but I've always put everybody else first. Why? because I've suffered a lifetime of negative self-talk, like profound negative self-talk for a variety of reasons. But I'll kind of cut cut the story short for you and we can take this conversation wherever you'd like because I'm absolutely an open book and willing to share all of the details of the story. But in March of 2021, when I finally realized I had to get a hold of this and actually do something, I just happened to, and, and you know, as a CEO, I get solicited on like services like LinkedIn all the time. Every day, people want to be my coach and blah, blah, blah. Like that's right. not me. I'm sure a lot of people deal with that. 
Well, I just, right. I I'm on my computer one day. It's again, March of 2021. And I get this automated, you know, marketing thing on LinkedIn, like, Hey, Kristen Taylor, executive coach. And for some reason I was like, huh, well, that kind of sounds like what I need. And so I checked out her website and, you know, her approach seemed really cool, you know, working with executives and people dealing with stuff. And her approach was around mindfulness and mindset and, and all these things. I'm like, that's, I mean, that's kind of like what I need. I, I have to get into this mental health stuff that I'm dealing with and get to the root. So I reached out to Kristen. We decided to, to wait till April to finally, you know, start working together which we did. So now we're in April, 2021, start working together. And we had our first session. It was like a Friday. It was great. More just kind of like an intro, like sharing high level of my story. The following Friday, now we're in session two. And I'm, you know, we're talking about how one of the things that I deal with internally is this feeling that I still felt of guilt regarding my older kids, because I had gotten divorced from their mom right. back in 2009, 2010, something like that. But I still was carrying this guilt. Um, Cause I, you know, I, I had witnessed stuff that they were dealing with and it just, you know, still get emotional talking about it. And, you know, I understand. Yeah. So, you know, this, this is like a credit to Kristen. She's absolutely, you know, fantastic as a coach. Never you know, I think one of the great things about her, she never, she never told me to think a certain way or whatever. She just asks good questions that got me to thinking. So we're in this session again, it's our only our second session. And she's like, well, Adam, what do you, do you think you feel guilt around that? Or is there any shame in there? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, what's, what's the difference there? What's the difference between guilt and shame? Right. Right. She kind of explained it to me and I'm paraphrasing her, but you know, I think the way that she explained it was something to the effect of like, you know, guilt is something you feel terrible for and you kind of harbor just a bad feeling where shame has like belief systems that can be built around like identity systems, like your self identity could be defined by some sort of shame that you feel about some event or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. And we wrapped up our call and went about the rest of my day. And, uh, Fridays is usually kind of when I would like, you know, decompress and like binge a couple shows, like after I get my kids to bed and stuff like that. So I fit, it's like midnight. I finish watching this show. Everybody's asleep in the house. It's quiet. I turn off the TV and immediately that earlier conversation kind of reentered my mind, like, huh, shame and guilt. Like, do I feel shameful for anything in my life? And it was literally like it's hard to describe it but this experience i never blacked out by the way i never it wasn't something that was just not in my memory i just never really found relevance in my life for it until this moment in time and i was like oh my god and so <laughs> when i was six, when i was 6 years old my parents had recently gotten divorced and and my mom would have this babysitter kid this this teenage boy come over to babysit me so she can go out. Right. And so right when my mom would leave, this kid would lock me in my mom's walk-in closet, barricade the door, 
the light was controlled from the outside of the closet. So he'd turn off the light. It's pitch black, dark in there. I'm six years old, locked in a closet. He'd invite his friends over. They'd have parties. They'd be doing drugs, all sorts of things. <sighs> and I'd be terrified. And I, I don't understand how for, for the, at that point, I guess 46 years or 40 years of my life following being six years old, I, I never really thought how the relevance that that experience had in my life, but here I am now suffering from claustrophobic panic attacks. I mean, you know, it's, but it makes sense. Yeah. It doesn't take a rocket scientist or a, a psychologist to connect the dots there. It's like, I don't know why I couldn't figure it out. Like, but, but the revelation hit me, but where the shame kind of plays into that is, you know, one of the times I was let out of, of that closet, I was molested by this kid. And, um, and I, again, like I, I always knew that experience happened in my life. Again, I never really thought it had any legacy or kind of artifact within me. But when, when the, when this idea of shame was presented to me, I was like, I realized that what I, what happened from when I was six years old is I must've blamed myself for that happening. Why I can't tell you I'm not a psychologist, but maybe to give myself some sort of like power or authority over what happened. But clearly I was six years old. I was a victim, you know, I, 100%. I, was what happened. I had never really, that, that had never occurred to me before. And so here I am now again, like this all within turning off the TV and remembering that earlier conversation. Now it all is making sense. Like literally from when I was six to, I guess this would have been when I was around 46 years old, like everything made sense. I had, you know, the drive to want to prove something to myself. Again, going back to that serial entrepreneur, entrepreneur life that I live, the negative self-talk, the drug use. Like I've never really been a big drug user, but I've definitely smoked a lot of pot in my day. Um, and, you know, some alcoholism and stuff like that, you know, mild, definitely compared to what other people suffer through, but right, right. it all was laid out in front of me. Everything made sense now. And it all just this revelation was just like a lightning bolt to to my consciousness. And so really now, since that moment in time, there's been this massive healing journey and so many changes in my life and so many blessings. So, so that, there you go. There's my intro. Amazing. Thank you so much for being open and vulnerable because honestly, that relates the most to people. You know, we never know who else is going through this. And if we don't talk about it, we need to talk about it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, that you, you mentioned. I mean, that's, yeah, that is why I'm I'm sharing the story as I do, because I, I get that. And I feel I feel like part of my mission in having had that experience and and how I can turn that into a positive is to share it and be authentic and vulnerable. And because other people, you know, I'm not alone. Like so many people have dealt with an experience like that. Absolutely. Whether or not like that, just some other event in their lives that has developed shame, negative self-talk, all the, all the above. Right. So I'm hoping that by sharing the story, it can provide a path to healing for anybody listening here and anybody who I can share the story with. 
Thank you, Adam. I did have a question in regards to that massive healing. Now, you had mentioned earlier, you went from, you know, you had a lot of, you didn't know whether it was guilt or if it was shame. Now, how did that guilt and shame turn around? I guess when I I realized, like, when you realize why you were the way that you, you are, that's when you begun to heal, like it all made sense after, you know, getting that coach. Now, what would you say is the biggest shift that led to that massive healing? Was it actually acknowledging your past or tell me a little bit about how you feel about that? It's kind of complicated. Um, Right. I think definitely just the self-realization in that moment, that revelation was the catalyst. I mean, I think I would have found a path to self-discovery and healing at some point in my journey, but the revelation was a lightning bolt. It was an instantaneous realization that that was the catalyst for, for all of the healing that happened. So, you know, my work with Kristen, first of all, she's an extremely nurturing person and a fantastic listener. And the work that we did together was a lot of, you know, focus on what Tara Brock, um, you know, works on with people like, you know, and one of her methods is this RAIN method. And Kristen and I did this RAIN method a lot. You know, when I would talk about issues and feelings that I was having, we'd work through the RAIN process. And if you don't know what that is, it's it's an acronym that stands for recognize. And I may botch this. Sorry, Tara Brock. Recognize, allow, investigate, and nurture. And it really kind of also involves this idea of mindfulness. It's like really slowing everything down and being in the moment. So like, first of all, gaining a recognition, a self-awareness to like, and this is something actually today I've like, I've, I've woke up today. I mentioned my little guy got me up at five forty-five. Thanks bud. Um, <laughs> and I'm also just, I got a lot going on right now. So this morning has been a lot of anxiety. So right, right. to share about how the healing has helped, it's like recognizing, okay, today I feel anxious. And then the A part of the acronym, allow. This is a very powerful um, concept, right? Because I think as people, and this is a natural reaction, when we're feeling a negative feeling, our first response to it is to fight it, is to fight it and try try to get rid of it in some way instead of allowing it. Because when you allow that feeling in there, when you allow the anxiety to just be present in my body, instead of me fighting it and being all pissed off about it, the part about me allowing it is I can now be curious about it. I can try to investigate it, right? right. So that's the, A part, that, that's the I part of the acronym, investigate. All right, why am I anxious today? Well, I run through companies and taxes are due in 14 days and right. it's- Oh my God, like a lot of work to get everything for my CPA and all that stuff. So that's one part of it. I have my 50th birthday, which is a lot of, I'm excited about that, but um, I have a trip this weekend with my daughter I was mentioning earlier. I don't really have a lot of anxiety around that other than I have to stop, you know, I'm taking Friday off and Monday off, which is Monday is my actual birthday. So Sometimes I get some anxiety around, you know, I have so much to do right now. And when I do take time off, it's not like 
there's certain things that, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good delegator, but there's a lot that I can't delegate right now. So I know right. it just means that I'm going to have to be working nights anyway. So it's, again, it's just a curiosity. Why am I anxious right now? I also got about five hours of sleep last night. I'm also getting, or I'm, I'm kind of coming out of having this cold right now. Right. So I haven't really been having right. great sleep in the last week. So anyway, it's just that investigation. It's so important to be able to investigate it. And then finally, the N part of that RAIN acronym is nurture. And that, that really is the key to everything. Because where I've lived a life of negative self-talk, I didn't even have the language to have nurturing talk with myself, which looks like this. And you can do it in the third person. You can do it in, in the first person. It really doesn't really matter. But I usually go third person like, you know, it's all right, Adam, like you're, you're, first of all, you're a badass, Adam, for just having gotten to the place where you are in your life and being who you are. So uh, like, there's nothing you should feel bad about with who you are as a person. Right. Secondarily, it's normal to feel anxious with everything that's on your plate right now. So anyway, I won't really <laughs> use it's this. It's a common feeling. Yeah. But anyway, no, that, I'm really happy you broke that down for us, though, because I was curious as to what the RAIN method was. It's so important to be able to recognize, but then allow those feelings, even if they're not great yeah. ones, like the anxiousness, the maybe it's depression, you know, and then investigate and nurture. We don't do that enough and we need to implement yeah. that truly. 100%. So, I mean, that's, that's one of the tools, you know, there's breathing techniques that are super helpful that Kristen introduced me to. Um, and you know, I mean, it's been a, it's been not a fun ride of healing. I mean, there's been definitely ups and downs, but it's, it's been a two steps forward and one step back journey since that main revelation. Right. And I, right. I was talking to Kristen yesterday. Um, I don't use her as an executive coach anymore because we've become really good friends. And I actually talked her into hosting a podcast that I produce. And so I get opportunities now just as, as a friend of hers to just talk about stuff. And I, even yesterday I said, you know, I, I truly feel right now with just the journey that I've been on, especially 2022, which was not fun for me. Right. I feel like I finally, and this kind of like wise old, I'm trying to take everything from a wisdom perspective where it's like, I'm now more than ever just curious about things. Like instead, like, for example, instead of feeling nervous about money all the time, which has been kind of like a, a storyline in my life, especially running three companies. It's just, how can I do this? Like I'm, you know, it's fear. they're doing, they're doing well, but you know, they're not doing great. So it's still this roller coaster ride where it used to like freak me the holy, like, I don't know if we could swear on this podcast, but it would freak me that, you know, you, what you out, can do. You know? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So it would freak me the fuck out, right? And um, it would be the driver for a lot of anxiety, that just feeling uh -huh. of lack and that nervousness around money. Because I, I, my mom raised me as a single mother and, and we were very poor. Um, so that's kind of behind all that. But what I was telling Kristen yesterday is like, you know, I feel like I've kind of gotten to this place in my life where I'm like, I'm not going to live this storyline of lack anymore. And I'm going to have this curiosity around why I even feel that way in the first place. And, and, and just kind of trust the universe is going to, is going to help me out because it always has, I've weathered the storm literally every time. 
every time I've been in kind of a shit place financially, I've literally worked it out and it's not really ever been too bad. Thank God. And I do feel obviously, you know, I'm not in a, I'm in a kind of a unique place and I under, I recognize that I am a little bit privileged and and that I can kind of have that storyline. Um, but really the story is to just get away from this feeling, the the storyline of lack and rather have a storyline of curiosity and, and abundance and gratitude. And, and that's that more than any time in my life, I truly can see that happening now. I could see that playing out in my life. So it's it's an interesting and a, and a very grateful place to be where I'm at right now. Adam, thank you for sharing that. I'm 100% behind you on that. I lived a life of constant fear of, oh, I don't have enough money for this. I don't have blah, 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 blah. And the money was not coming in because of that fear. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you align yourself with a higher vibration and, you know, the universe will then match your energy. So if you're not constantly fixated on every cent in your account or how the money's coming in or what it, you know what I mean? And you're, you're using gratitude and you're thankful for everything that you do have, then just watch it start coming in, right? It always works out. I, I'm a big does. firm believer of the universe will match your energy. And I know, I was exactly like you. And it's crazy because like when the student is ready, the, the coach appears or the teacher appears. And I actually started to use a coach. I've tried several different ones, but I found one that really worked for me. Um, and she talked a lot about energy and, and, you know, stop focusing in on the lack, be grateful for everything that you have and like watch all, how your life will change and yeah. things that will manifest. And it's so true, honestly. And I think everybody needs a coach for that reason. It might be in different areas. However, um, she really changed my life for the better. And I, I look at the world differently. And I, I'm i one with big anxiety. So I totally, when you're telling me about the story and everything like that, like if anyone else is struggling with that, like get a coach, get a coach like Adam or me, connect, connect with us and we can help you out because it makes all the difference. And, you know, really, truly stop focusing on the lack. And, and if you're caught, if you're constantly fearing things, that's, you're just drawing more bad things in, you know? Um, so thanks for sharing that. that. I just, yeah. And, and, and definitely if anybody wants to reach out, DM me, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can just, you know, search, search for me. You'll find me it's Adam. And then my last name is B as in boy, A R U H. And, you know, true to what you're, saying right now, Brittany is, you know, the big thing is don't feel like you've got to go it alone. Like there's Uh so many people out there who know and can relate to what you're going through and are willing to help and, and are happy to help. And you don't need to feel bad about needing help. You know, I mean, that's, that's the other part of my storyline is I always felt I had to like do stuff and figure it out on my own and that I on your own. I wasn't really worthy of getting help from somebody else. Like my attention was better spent on what my kids needed or what my wife needed. Like I didn't feel I was worthy of, of like getting the attention of getting help. So by all means, if, if people are listening here today and, and they're going through stuff and they just feel like, you know, they want to reach out to somebody like, you know, Brittany, myself, there's, you know, Kristen is a fantastic coach. Um, 
I also just started working with this guy, Jeff Schmidt, um, who also is kind of a mindset and, and, you know, he and I have a lot of experiences like from a business perspective. So that's, he's someone that I met at PodFest, this podcasting trade show I went to in Orlando a month ago. And we really just hit it off with this great conversation there. And I decided to kind of follow up and, and use him as, as a business and mindset coach. So, you know, where I'm at right now, I've got, Kristen is still a dear friend of mine. We talk all the time because I, I produce her podcast. I don't talk to her as much as I used to, which is kind of sad, but we're both really busy, but we do stay connected. So she's this area of support. My wife has been my number one supporter. And right. she, she likes to rib me though a little bit because my wife has got, she's like understood this manifestation and universe stuff. Like, and, and she's been talking to me about it literally since day one of our dating, you know, which is like 11 or so years ago now. So she likes to be like, you know, I've been telling you this stuff that Kristen and Jeff tell you, right? I'm like, I get it. Like, it just, you know, not going to shoot the messenger, but maybe, you know, it's just, <laughs> I need other people, you know? Um, right. Sometimes just another person. Yeah. So I've got, up on I've got Kristen, I've got my wife. And then for anybody who knows who Irene Lyon is, she runs, um, she's, she's basically somebody really like a, a coach. I don't really know how to describe her, but she's got this program called smart body, smart mind. She's a trauma and a nervous system healer. And I just recently started this smart body, smart mind program, which is, I think is like a 12 week self-paced program. Um, it's not really a tremendous investment and she allows you to pay monthly, but it's really focused on nervous system healing, like helping like me become my own medicine where I can really understand what is at play in my nervous system? Like, why do I still have this nervous tick where, it, you know, and really understanding like the sympathetic part of my nervous system, the parasympathetic and, and anyway, so, you know, I, where I was going with that is I, I totally understand now the power of help. And I have so much support for me right now, which is really why I've I've been blessed to be finally at this place of of feeling that I've I'm on that mountain you know I'm on that mountaintop, um, you know it's still it's still a journey and life is always going to be a journey, right. and there's still more to learn but you know I've gotten to at least going back like I said earlier like a, a place of wisdom where I could look back on everything. And be grateful for the experiences that I've had. Obviously, would I want to go through them again? Probably not. But that was my journey. That's how I got to where I am today. Um, I'm really focused on leading with empathy as a CEO of three companies, like demonstrating and modeling how important emotional intelligence is in general, but especially in business, and talking to the managers at my company about the importance of emotional intelligence in business and why it's, you know, why we should be even having a dialogue around it. And, and they all get it. And it's, it's really helped. It's, it's been the game changer and right. uh, one of the drivers of success in my businesses for sure. So. I love that. And I, I wanted to say, yeah, of course, like these experiences that really shape us, you know, I honestly, I'm a firm believer as obviously we wish we could take some of these experiences back for sure. But, you know, what I've learned is these experiences have happened on this teaching planet to get us 
to our higher self, to our yeah. highest vibrational self eventually. Right. So it's all these experiences and lessons are um, sometimes necessary. Right. Even if it's not your fault. Right. I, I don't know. That's what I've learned. I'm, I'm instead of, you know, I used to feel sorry for myself for so many things. I'm okay. now like stepping back and being like, you know what? I'm actually grateful that happened to me because it has led me to where I am today. And if had yeah. that not happened, you know, even depending on what it is, but yeah, Adam, I did have one last question for you. I know we're getting to the end of the episode, but you know, as a CEO of three successful businesses, the challenge along the way, of course, we go roller coaster times, but what would you say is the biggest driver you as a CEO that you see in any business? Like what, what is it that keeps you going? And I mean, yeah, let's talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's definitely an interesting question. What does keep me going? Because, you know, burnout is, is so common just among people that are in similar roles to mine. Right. Um, It's something that I still, I, I, I deal with it. Um, I really like, you know, working with people that are passionate about what they're doing. Like, you know, with, with my business pod task, which is a software platform for podcasters to kind of keep it all together and manage what they're doing and manage their whole production flow and stuff like that. But I'm working with this really bright and super passionate, um, marketing professional by the name of Paul Barry and just working together. I mean, we've, you know, he's brought all these great ideas to my attention and just that creative process, that kind of creative problem solving with energy and passion and drive like that. That's the thing that keeps me going from a business perspective. And then, you know, from just a life perspective, I really think just the curiosity is, is really the thing that is fueling my fire there because it's, you know, it's really interesting. This is an interesting world in which we live in. Like there's interesting events that happen and the way people are. I'm just, I like meeting people and finding out what they're all about. And I'm all curious about just people's backgrounds and, you know, their belief systems and what they think about the life and and whatever. And so I, I just love having those conversations and being connected with people on my podcast. Um, The change has really kind of helped make those connections even more. And we've had some great conversations, much like you and I are having here today. So, so, you know, that's why I am this serial entrepreneur now is more than anything. It's just fun. I'm having fun. You know, I'm curious about the world and people and, and it's really, it's really uh, helping to just feed that fire. Incredible. Well, Adam, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your, out of your day to come on and show you know, show us what you're up to, but also being vulnerable and talking about the challenges along the way that speaks, like, honestly, I, that, that is the most relatable thing that people can do. And I love when people are able to be open and vulnerable on my podcast. That's what I'm looking for. So thank you, Adam. Now, thank you so much if for having me here today. Yeah. A hundred percent. And if anyone is looking to connect with you and what you've got going on, what would be the best way to go ahead and reach out? Yeah, the number one um, 
method I would say, like, you know, like I mentioned earlier is LinkedIn. Um, so just find me on LinkedIn, send me a message. I will reply to you personally. Um, if, if I can help in any way, I'm so happy to do that. So don't, uh, don't feel nervous about doing that. Incredible. Well, thank you again, Adam. You are a badass and I love what you're doing and I think it's incredible. So it was a pleasure having you on today. Thanks, Brittany, so much. I'd be happy to come back anytime. I would love to have you back on. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on just like Adam Baru did today to talk about your journey, talk about your story. Let's talk about the challenges and the wins as well. And, you know, if you're interested, please go to top100interview.com. I'd love to have you on as well. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Adam. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.